welcome to Exploring the Marketplace podcast. My co-host is Bob Hassan, and we are creating a conversation with Christian marketplace leaders who have careers that have been impacted by their faith. We are also answering your questions about entrepreneurship, business leadership, careers, and how the kingdom of God changes your impact in the marketplace. Come join the conversation now. Welcome to the show, Exploring the Marketplace. I'm your host, Sean Bowles, with my co-host, Bob Hassan. Sean, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing great. I love like the background. You have a sword. You're declaring Jesus as Lord. I have Thanos and Iron Man and Yoda. Uh-huh. Or Grogu, and you have Jesus as Lord and rocks from Israel up on your wall. Yes. Yes, I do. I'm, I've, I, this is my spiritual set. <laughs> I could go like, I we're supposed to have one. I would have had one. I didn't know I was either, but I could just go a little bit over there and have, well, you see the hard hat down there. So um, I can't see the hard hat, but that's, oh yeah, there's a hard hat right there. Yeah. Wow. business, But that's even spiritual. I mean, Bob, you're just so much more spiritual than me. Oh my gosh. I'll <laughs> pray for you. Yes. Thank you. I'll pray for you. Thank you. Well, I'm excited about today's show uh, because you and I are talking, we're having some dialogues. It was interesting because a couple of days ago, I'm just in the, in the midst of putting a, a bunch of encounters together for some things I'm writing. Uh, and, and one of the things I was really thinking about is how, you know, we're, we're, you said it before in our live, we did a live marketplace chat before this with our platforms. And you said it where you said, you know, um, this is an unprecedented time where it's a hundred year event. Like you don't have people above you to ask you, how do I handle this? Cause they haven't been through it. Even people in their eighties who you're connected to are like spiritual dads and brothers. They don't have answers for you. And I think that's really unique, but I think of God standing over the firmament, which is like this dark void. You know, the earth is formless and void and he sees all of that and it doesn't scare him. Yeah. He looks at it and out of that place, out of his deep joy and who he is, he creates the Elohim. He speaks forth life. And I just think like we're in a formless and void time in politics in many countries and marketplaces in many countries and education in many countries and health crisis and racial issues, justice issues. And there's lots of Christians who are bowing down to information they're getting online and saying, this must be the truth. And we got to be fear-based and worry about, you know, Jesus is going to return. It's going to get worse for Christians. We're going to be so persecuted. It's going to be so hard. And I've gone to so many persecuted countries where they're genuinely persecuted right now. They're not just, you can't meet in your church building on Sundays. I mean, like they're genuinely like they are killed because they're Christians. I've been to those places, into war zones, into the Middle East, and I've seen real persecution and we're not experiencing it in America, at least in a real way. It's it's the, the forerunner of what could real persecution looks like, but it's not real yet. And so I look at it and go, man, I mean, there's so much to celebrate in the world because even in those persecuted places, Jesus shines. I mean, he shines so brightly. So I feel like, you know, combating the fear-based nature of this undercurrent that the image tries to keep us in a fear and of information that has real power in it, but it's not God's power. Right. It's just being in the know about like conspiracies and what's going on. And there's all those online lists and stuff that just do that. And even some prophetic lists that are out there that are just totally twisted information that has a little bit of truth or anointing on it uh, or seem- seemingly anointing, but it's not anointing. And so I'm excited because I feel like we're in that stage where we get to see the creator Elohim show up in these areas. And it's just, it's changed my perspective. I'm trying to live not with my cup half full or half empty, but overflowing. That's what Jesus prophesied in one of the darkest times in history when he came, your bellies will be filled with living water that overflows. And I'm like, that's who we are. That's who he is. So I'm kind of, you can feel me. I'm kind of full of this because I just feel like 
I feel like there's a different truth. And, you know, you and I are working on a message through this podcast, through our book that we're writing together, through our lives that we're doing. We're working on helping people to feel empowered to go into business, careers, politics, entertainment, you know, anywhere that Jesus can be seen. And it doesn't matter how dark it is. Those are the foremost void places God wants us to go into right now. Well, one of the things that you and I believe is love wins. Yeah, we also believe in covenant relationship. And so 1 John 4.18 says that love and fear can't coexist because fear has to do with punishment. And a lot of what you were just talking about, about these conspiracy theories and things and the anxiety that's around the country and the world right now because of the pandemic and the economic crisis has 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 us living in fear and we have to get back to our first love, which is Jesus. Yeah. And, and recognize that his finished work on the cross, shedding his blood for this time right now for us and our anxiety can be reduced. Absolutely. And I think for you and I, we're trying to flesh some things out. We've had a lot of conversations and it's been neat to write a project of the conversations because we've been able to flesh out even more, like really have coherent thoughts. And so I think, you know, doing that with you has been a real, it's mentored my language. And I think we've like mentored each other's language for how we present and represent some of these themes that are, to me, the spiritual intelligence is going up all over the world right now because we're coming close to the return of Jesus at some point. And so things are increasing that were never even thought of before. And I'm so excited to, for our partnership, I'm so excited for this podcast because the feedback has been by you know, we get tens of thousands of people who listen to each one. And the feedback is just phenomenal from people who are starting businesses, people who are in careers, people who have never felt validated for their Christianity by their pastors or their church because they don't understand it. Like a lot of times we love the local church. We talk about this, but I'm, I'm, I've been a senior pastor. A lot of times your local church doesn't, doesn't get in touch with your mission if you're outside of the local church mission because they're just so consumed with what they're doing, rightly so, because they're busy. And so a lot of times there's an estrangement between people who are in the 99% versus the 1% who are doing the church ministry. Right. I, and I've been mentored so much by watching you listen to God, mm. being with you as God speaks through you and watching it happen. And, and so for me and for a lot of people who are logical, who are practical, who, um, think that James Earl Jones is the Lord, you know, as I've been mentored by you and watched you as we've been working together for these past few years, it's just been so revealing to me that God speaks to me in in this new, in this way that I never knew before this. Uh, we've all read the scripture about the still small voice. We've all, we, we all know that, but I've, I've begun to get in touch with it. And, and it's been... Yeah so incredible on this project that where I have the tendency to go practical and strategic and risk management and, well, let's just solve this right now. Totally. And, and you're saying, well, let's just hear God for it. And, and it brings me back to the center. So it's been a beautiful partnership. And I think, I think the podcast and then this project that we're working on will communicate the, the combination, the marrying of that's going to be beautiful. I love that. Well, we're going to talk to you, our listeners, about some of the things that God's showing Bob and I in the marketplace right now, what we're carrying in our spirit, because a lot of times you hear from our guests, their stories, which we'd love to bring you. And that's the majority of what we'll do in the podcast uh, in the future. But we wanted to share just prophetically and spiritually what we're sensing and seeing in the marketplace right now, 
some of the things we're carrying also because we're writing a book that, that's very current to us, some of the revelations coming out of that. And then also just some things we think will empower you. And so stay tuned right after this. Hi, this is Shannon from the Bowls team. I want to tell you about an exciting offer for our brand new book, Wired to Hear, written by Sean Bowles and Bob Hassan. It's about connecting God's voice to your life, influence, and career. If you work for a living or run your own business and you desire to hear God's voice for yourself in the workplace, this is the book for you. Right now, you can pre-order Wired to Hear through BowlsMinistries.com. You'll receive a signed copy, a submission for a free grant, and many other exclusive offers only available through BowlsMinistries.com. Grab your copy today. Welcome back to Exploring the Marketplace. I'm Bob Hassan, and we have the famous Sean Bowles with us. The famous fluffy hair Sean Bowles. Look at my poof. That's awesome. I know what's happening. I combed my hair today, and I look like Tintin uh, from England. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Sean, we've been having this conversation, and I want to talk about agenda. And, and I'm going to set this up by saying, a few years ago, uh, I was Sean and I were together, and I was saying how easy it is to be around Sean, and I said it's because we don't have an agenda. I don't have an agenda. And Sean said, you absolutely have an agenda. And I'm like, Wait a second. Easy. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, he, and, and so he gave me this lesson about what agenda is. And what I really meant was I don't have a hidden agenda. Yeah. And you don't have a hidden yeah. agenda. But let's talk about agenda. Let's talk about God's agenda. Well, and that, that links into what you were just saying. And what we were kind of having a talk about was a lot of people are like, you know, I don't need to be known. I don't need to have an agenda. I don't need to have, I don't need to have a place of influence. But Jesus, on the very first sermon he preached, Sermon on the Mount, he's like, I want to make you the salt of the earth. I want to make you the thing that brings out the God flavors of society. I want to put you on the tallest lampstand you could shine from. So he's saying, I want to give you influence and wisdom that the world wants. And I want to give you that place of significance. And I want you to have an agenda in it. That is with my heart, not just what you could do on your own, but what you could do with me. And so I think it's a trigger button for me. A lot of times when us as Christians, we say these statements because we're trying to be spiritual or we're trying to line up with a value that I shouldn't want something that is, is wrong, a hidden agenda. I want everything to be on the surface. I don't want anyone to feel something, you know, a mixture of motives or whatever. And I think that that's pure and it's a good desire. But sometimes we throw something out with it. Yeah, I think of Jesus when, um, you know, Satan comes to him in the wilderness, he's been fasting and, and Satan brings him to the top of the temple. And this is key for the, this is key for the end times. This is key for Jesus returning. Satan brings him, I never talk about the return of Jesus, but, but it's, it's key. Satan brings him to the top of the temple and shows him all of the kingdoms of the earth. So he's on the temple. He's not showing him the church. He's not showing him synagogues. He's showing him politics, entertainment, you know, uh, business. And commerce, he's showing him education, showing him all the things that make society and humanity up and says, I will give you all this if you bow down to me. And Jesus looks at all of it and in his spirit has the revelation from the father. It's already yours. And not only is it yours, but you're going to get the keys to it, to your believers, to, mm-hmm. to the disciples, to the apostles and to the church. And so in his spirit, he sees outside, externally outside of the church. He's not seeing a church formation of how we do traditional church nowadays, although that's part of it. Now, obviously it's part of it, but that's like, again, 1% of what humanity does is church, actually yeah. wise religion. And so when you look at that, wow. I, and so I think like the closer we get to 
the return of Jesus, the more we're going to understand how to take the key that we have to start our career path and do it with an appointment or an agenda, a kingdom agenda that won't feel like really bad multi-level marketing. That won't feel like we're selling something or we're a Jehovah's Witness trying to get everyone just on our team, but we're actually bringing something that transforms and makes the world look like God originally designed again in certain quadrants. Now, it's not going to happen everywhere at once because we're not going to dominate until Jesus comes back. That's when there's a dominion. But before that, we should still look like Joseph's and Esther's and Daniels, we should look like people who in our place of service, we still save people groups. We still avoid famines. We still cause false worship to end. We still do. We still have empowerment. Even if we're second in command or if we're just on the team, we still cause things to happen that end and close the gates of the enemy, but also open up the kingdom of heaven. And I think that that, that place of spiritual understanding and connection only comes when you hear God's voice. And what I've been speaking at these events that you and I have been doing and now on the podcast is that we're wired to hear his voice. And I talked to so many businessmen and women and career professionals who are like, well, I hear, I heard God once, or I had one experience or when I was saved, it was really profound. And it's not anymore. It's, I don't have that. I don't have that gift of prophecy. And what you and I have established together with a lot of these individuals is it's not about a gift of prophecy in a, in a church centric way where you get called out or you give someone a word. It's about walking with God with your instinct and your intuition, understanding what he's wired you with and put inside of you so you can bring that to the world and it changes the atmosphere of the world around us. The same creative power that heals a leg or you know causes a, 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 a deaf ear to open is the same creative power that comes to us in our strategic planning meetings and businesses. It's the same power just applied differently. And most of us as Christians don't see it that way. So we're looking for this voice like you said, the disruptor voice earlier of James Earl Jones to say something to us versus what he's already put inside of us is his voice speaking to launch. And I think that's so beautiful. I think that trusting that God is speaking through us because we've invited him into our hearts. Yeah. Trusting that if we have huge decisions to make that he's going to direct our paths. Like we were talking earlier. I, I just, I love you mentioned uh, Jesus being tempted and the end of that um, after these three temptations come, it it says, and I think in verse 11 ish that uh, Satan left him for now, like the inference, there's going to be, there's going to be more temptation. And then the angels came and ministered to Jesus. And so if, if Jesus needs ministering after, you know, after trials and temptations, how much more do we? And one of the things we always talk about is people get isolated and they're alone. And we're yeah. constantly telling people, find your small group of people who know and love you, who can speak into your life and ask them these things and bring it to the table. Find a mentor who, if you're facing a big problem or decision, who has been through it and can and can bring not only wisdom the situation but bring bring the lord and the lord's heart um to the situation because we're not alone it's part of being believers is we're not alone we have the holy spirit we have jesus we have everybody he sent around and we're not alone and so we're not living this compartmentalized isolated lifestyle well i think of elijah with that when elijah was you know hiding and jezebel couldn't kill him because she couldn't make a martyr out of him because he had just done the most radical thing the world had ever seen religiously he destroyed all of her priests you know 
And so he, she couldn't kill him because it would have made him more famous and God more famous. So she sends threats to him the whole time. He's there. He's like, I'm alone. No one's like me. No one's ever done this before. This is, and that's true. What he did was unprecedented. It had never been done before, but God speaks to him and says, there's a company of people that Samuel raised up, go lead them, go lead that school and lead those people. They're doing profound things. And when you study out the school of Samuel that Elijah took on, that Elisha carried on, it was people who had proven themselves in society to have value in society, Jewish society and culture. So they were usually business owners or a rabbi that was really well um, respected and known. And they would go from that place of, oh, I have Terminex here. That scared me. <laughs> they would go from that place. Someone was outside my window. They would go from that place of being proven to uh, qualifying to be part of these these guys who are learning how to hear God's voice to shape society because there was no church-centric. It wasn't about the synagogue. Only a few people worked as priests. The priests would come to speak to God's people how to live in the world and the way God wanted them to. And I think it's so different how we've come now where it's like so much of what we're doing has uh, in, in the Western world mindset of church is, you know, we start bigger and better ministries. So some churches have 75 or 250 ministries revolving around them. And a lot of career people, especially entrepreneurs, can't spend 30 hours extra locally at a church. And they're going to church to get fueled and uh, up and to get fed and to let their family get fed and nurtured and ministered to. And they want to, they contribute, but they're doing that so that they can be deployed back into the world. And, and so there's been this mentality sometimes of even what hearing God's voice in the marketplace is that you and I talked to, we've talked about this so long, and I feel like we're trying to change the narrative where, you know, the old church mindset was, if you hear from God about something you're doing, this many people will get saved. And so a lot of times when you think about hearing God's voice in the marketplace, it's like, are you starting a prayer meeting on Tuesdays for lunchtime for your employees? And that shows that you've heard from God because we're seeing church-centric activity now in your business or in your career, where you and I have talked so many times about how it's actually when you see Jesus and you see his love, it causes you to break through in resources or opportunities or whatever. And sometimes that opportunity itself is what's establishing more kingdom because it brings more finances or flow or brings more connection to some industry or political realm or whatever that gives you a greater platform. And you're, you're quieter about certain faith things, except for when it's time. And it's not about evangelism. It's about actually walking with God, which is the ultimate goal. And evangelism is a byproduct of that. And so many times Christians have a religious peer pressure. And I want to go to this story that we actually, you wrote it in the book, which was so good about the guy who uh, graduated, like, you know, probably with honors at his ministry school. And he comes to you as the business leader and wants to bless you. Tell that story. Yeah, I was at a conference and we all, you all, I love conferences. So, um, sarcasm, sarcasm, sarcasm. After the conference, unless you're really funny and engaging, you know, I have a hard time listening to conference speakers. So, Luckily, Sean, you are very funny. You're very engaging. And at um, least funny looking. That's good. At any rate, after this conference, this, this, um, you know, we're talking about agenda a little bit. Have you ever been approached by a multi-level marketer? Let's, you know, and they get this kind of look in their eyes and they say, would you like a better car? Totally. Like a house? Totally. I mean, I've, yes. I'm laundry soap. You know, you can have all those things and you see the look and you're like, oh, my gosh, this I thought I was having lunch with this person. Instead, I'm being sold something. That's a hidden agenda. And we like now we're marketing in the right form. We do. We, we like it when you when somebody calls and says, hey, Bob, hey, Sean, can we have lunch? Because I want to talk to you about buying laundry. Yeah. 
and you're, you could, then you have a choice. But at yeah. any rate, this, this young man came up to me and he said, um, I understand you own a business. And I said, yes, I do. And he said, well, I just graduated from this, um, um, this religious school and I would like to come to your business and pray for all of your people. And I just looked at him and, and I said, like we're talking about lay hands, pray, get prophetic words, that kind of thing. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. I don't know him. And so I looked at him and I said, if I saw you coming, I'd lock the front door. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. And he looks at me like I'm from the devil. And he says, what are you talking about? I want to impart all these gifts. And I said, well, maybe you know this, maybe you don't, but most businesses are trying to make profit and they have metrics and they have uh, work to be done. Number one, number two, I have no relationship with you and neither do they. So no, no, I wouldn't be interested at all. A lot of them would have never even heard of that because they're just employees. Yeah. Try and reach them with something that's so not relationally connected to what would bring faith to them was so presumptuous, but he wouldn't have known that because he's just in the mode of, I'm praying for people. Now let's, let me tell you about how I manage my business. Every morning I'm in the office, I go into people's offices and I put my feet up and I say, yeah, how are the kids? How are the grandkids? How's what's happening in your life on the soccer fields? So it's interesting because he, you know, from ministry school background, he doesn't know you. He doesn't know people in your work. He doesn't know how you're presenting your culture. And he thinks that that's relevant to go into unsaved people who've never had a connection to the version of Christianity he's coming from to minister to them. He thinks in his mind, that's the highest form. That's like, that's it. Right. And in, in my mind and my culture that I've built is um, I, I built this culture where I know each one of my employees and I know what's happening in their lives. And if their parents are sick or their kids are sick, or if they're on the soccer field or what's happening in their lives, not only, so I know them that way. And then I, I, I pay them really well and it, really above industry standard. And so the quality of their lives is being raised. Meanwhile, I'm not preaching, 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 or even talking about Jesus every day. They're seeing it in action because I'm bent towards the Father, and they're seeing the Father through me. Now, you love this quote by St. Francis of Assisi. Tell, tell us what that is. Well, I'm a, it's either in the spirit of him or he actually said it. We don't know, but it's, it's relevant no matter what, which is it's, it's quoted about him that he said, um, you know, I, I preach Christ daily, and sometimes I use words. And the theme of it was he comes from, you know, a Lord family and royalty and finances. And he just realized it didn't get anybody anywhere. Like his connection to God was all religion. His connection to his family was all corrupt. And so he leaves his dad. His dad says, if you leave here, um, everything, you, I, everything you have in life has come from me. So if you leave here, yeah, I'm taking it back because you can have the clothes I'm wearing and leaves his dad and goes and finds an abandoned monastery kind of church situation. Mm-hmm. So it's a farm. And the whole thing was like, I'm going to just farm and just love people, love God. And all these rich kids start leaving their families to go farm with them. But he's not doing sermons every day. They were praying. He's not doing sermons every day. He's just trying to be authentic and his believership. And it was so offensive to the Catholic Church that they actually were going to kill him at one point as a martyr or arrest him because they felt like it was so disruptive. And all he was doing was farming. So nobody would side with them against him. And finally, somebody asked him, like, why are you doing what you're doing? Like, you're causing a revolution. but but all you're doing, it seems, is growing food. And he said, because I'm preaching Christ daily and sometimes I use words. It's like people are looking for the authentic. And I do think that even in some of the greatest spiritual movements right now, 
they're, we're out of touch with the person who's at the hospital ER doctor or the person who's the stay-at-home mom or we're, we're out of touch with the politician and what they're going through. And so when they come to church, there's a level that's not relevant because they're not seeing Jesus at the temple who is tempted with their industry, that their industry is actually was a temptation to him to actually have leadership over. They're not seeing that. They're seeing pastors who look like the way we've done superstar Christianity, who look like the best form of what it is to be spiritual is to be someone who hears God and teaches about it, you know, and, or, or is in touch. And so I think, and I'm, I'm trivializing a little bit too much, but I think that, I think there's a big change that's coming and it's already happened through coronavirus where, you know, 70% of Christians can't go to church. So they're having to be authentic in their own faith and not just be fed everything. They have to actually do it or it doesn't work. And see, I think that's the point of the story. It wasn't that I was being mean to this young man. Yeah. It's just that I'm a relational person and I do things out of relationship and my company is built on relationship from employees to customers to vendors. And so I'm, I'm, I'm relational and I believe in all the things that we learn in the church, but from a relational standpoint. Yeah. Um, and so these agendas that we're talking about, um, they, they can be missed if, if relationship isn't put first. And yeah. I think that, I think that, um, what are our Christian values? What in the marketplace, right? We're, if we're in business, one of our values is to make a profit, is for the business that we work for to make money so that we can continue to be employed, so that we can continue to provide for our families. Um, and, and that's not a bad thing. No, I love it because God gave Adam and Eve the gift of work. He gave them roles. And in and, and that time, it was defined as, Adam, you're going to toil. And Eve, you're going to nurture your family. And it wasn't, that wasn't their only limited role. But he was giving them destinies or giving them purposes until Jesus returned that were give, give them great fulfillment. Unfortunately, I think a lot of times, like for me, I became a Christian workaholic young. And because uh, I thought that what I did was who I am in the Lord. Because we were asked as a kid and in Western world, what are you going to do when you grow up? Because we have a lot of opportunities if you come from North America or Western England or, whatever, or Western Europe. Um, so you can ask a kid, what are you going to do when you grow up? And that becomes, I'm a fireman. That's what I'm going to be. You know, it's like that defines me. And in the church, we do the same thing. We ask people, what are you called to be when you grow up? What are you called? What's your destiny? It's a sanctified that's not really a sanctified version of that. And I love you because, you know, we, you know, I've talked about this a lot is that your identity is in your sonship and you get to partner with God through that to do something for him. But that's not your only value. Your primary value is in your connection with him and to him. And I think that a lot of people hear that message, but they, it's not walked out. Well, I've, I've been brought into, and I'm, I'm sure you have too. I've been brought into probably 10 times into businesses where they talk to me about their problems. And most of the problem is the fact that the, the chairman, the CEO, the chairwoman doesn't rest and is a workaholic and is a driver to everybody else and they all have miserable lives. <laughs> I have and you're like, what? Yeah, I, I have a funny story. There was a, a period in my life where I was working too much. I was trying to control everything. I was trying to hold on. And um, it, was causing, it was causing strife in my marriage and the business. There's all this tension. And so I was out surfing on this really small day in the summer and my board got away from me and, and I just reached out to grab it, to hold on to it. And my bicep tendon snapped. Oh, and two days later I was having surgery and, you know, three or four days later I was laying in bed and the Lord said to me, like, 
are you finished holding on? Wow. And I, I was like, what? Is that the Viking wow. speaking or is that the Lord? But it's like the representation of me trying to hold on to my surfboard from it getting away was this whole picture of what I had been trying to do for months and maybe years in my business. And <laughs> I said, okay, I guess I'm not. And I hired different people and, you know, tried to work less, but it, it was just this crazy manifestation of what had been happening in my life. And, you know, the Lord is going to get our attention one way or the other. Yeah. I think he, he definitely uses our, our extremes. <laughs> I would say that's just in the and kind of closing the conversation together as far as what we're kind of just believing and hearing and feeling is that, you know, we want to have those keys from Jesus that he paid such a high price for, and we want to use them for him. Yeah. Those keys of the kingdom, we want to use them in our industry. We want to have supernatural unlocking. We want to look at our industry and see there's a gap between what God wants and where it's at and have mm -hmm. faith for that gap, even if we feel unqualified to do it, that God will qualify us. And we want to have that agenda that we have importance and significance, and we want to be in the highest place of light we can shine from. And and if you struggle with those kinds of themes, keep listening to the podcast because it's going to help you hear really successful people. And people are going through struggles. You know, we've had struggling people on the podcast who are not in their breakthrough moment, but they're actually going in the glory to glory. They're in that little two place in between. <laughs> you know, but it's hearing their story can disciple you and where you're at. Also, Bob, we have our book that's coming out in May. And I'm so proud of you for what you contributed to the book. And I'm, I love this book, Wired to Hear. What's the subtitle? Show it for the audience. I think you have it on your desk. I don't have mine. I'm going to show it. This is like a audio listening. Here we go. Why are you here? And what's the subtitle? Listen, but the subtitle is Connecting God's Voice to Your Life, Influence, and Career. Now, who do you think should have been first on the title on the bottom? Because is it Sean Bowles and Bob Hassan? Or Bob? I'm just kidding. <laughs> you. Oh, I was first. And that's why you're first, Sean Bowles and Bob Hassan. Oh, my gosh. It's alphabetical, Bob. Well, uh, I will just say this. We have a pre-order special for those of you who are listening. Real time, we have a pre-order special that you could actually get the book from our website, BowlesMinistries.com, B-O-L-Z, Ministries.com. Even if this is your first experience with us, I would encourage you to get the book. It's going to take you on a really good journey about hearing God's voice for your place of career, hearing God's voice for your place of influence. It's not just though for marketplace people, it's really going to take everyone on a deeper journey of God's voice. Yeah. And I would encourage you to get it now because there's pre-order specials. You're going to have a signed copy from Bob Hassan and yours truly, as well as we have a video series that's only for you. I love this video series because we have people that have been on our podcast talking about what they wish they knew when they were younger. Yeah. And even what they wish God would have shown them when they were younger. Yeah. In their career. And yeah. so we're going to have that for you and it's only for pre-orders. And then lastly, we have, uh, it's going to come to you faster than everybody else. So you're going to get it a lot sooner than everybody else gets it. If you order from Amazon or Barnes and Nobles, thank you. Um, we, you'll love the book, but if you order from Bowles Ministries, you're going to get the pre-order specials as well. So I hope you'll order it. And I hope you'll stay in the journey with Bob and I through exploring the marketplace. We have some incredible guests. Like every time we have a guest on, we geek out and go, wasn't that amazing? So we have some really good guests. We've just pre-recorded a, a bunch of the interviews and you can now watch these as well on our YouTube channel, go to Bowles Ministries on YouTube and you can subscribe and get notifications so you can watch our videos on exploring the marketplace as well as I have a weekly series called Your Prophetic Journey that just helps talk about things we grow in when we're hearing God's voice. I think you'll like that as well. But thanks for listening today. And Bob, 
You're awesome. Oh, so are you, Sean. Everybody have a great day. And remember, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment, to upgrade everything we're doing, to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you and also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have, that they will have this this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're going to receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on a journey with our partners because they are some of our, they're a team, they're our family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership and you will become a partner. Thanks for listening to the Exploring the Marketplace podcast, part of the Exploring Podcast series. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing or even rating and reviewing so that more people can connect to us. Also, we'd love to be part of your spiritual journey, and we have amazing resources at our website, www.bowlsministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com, including other free media, TV shows, books, and even an ongoing mentoring online platform. See you there.